I like your little mate said before, you know. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. Oh, there's big doings in podcast land. Today, we have an announcement. Okay, first off, this movie, this episode's movie is Wolf Creek, and we'll get into that. My guest, Damien, say hi, sir. What's up, everybody? Big news, everybody. If you like me at all... Which you should. You're And you're not tired of my voice yet. <laughs> you're going to get double of it, almost, uh, because uh, Damien here has asked me to come on as co-host of a little show called Midwest Movie Maniacs, which I will be doing starting, well, I guess our first episode of that will drop the same day as this. So if you're hearing this when you're done listening to our episode about Wolf Creek, uh, go over and listen to our first episode, or my first episode with Damien of Midwest Movie Maniacs, where we will be talking about Bloody Murder 2. Great movie. <laughs> it's a movie for sure <laughs> yeah so that's pretty cool so if you yeah if, if people for some reason like the sound of my voice there's more of it coming so go check that out when you're done with this that's gonna be yeah. bi-weekly probably maybe weekly later who knows we'll see yeah it's gonna kind of be what it is we're shooting for bi-weekly but it might be a little bit less than every two weeks maybe sometimes a little bit more kind of depends on scheduling um, but I did want to clarify one thing. It's okay for you to call it our show because you're on the show now. So it is now our show. I got to get used to that. I don't want to claim over, you know, well, that's appreciated. Thank you. But Damien's here with me. I'm introducing him to all of you as we talk about Wolf Creek from, shit, I did not write down the year. I believe it's 2005 because the sequel's 2013, which is a long time to wait for a sequel. I didn't look, so I have no help here. I usually write that down, and for some reason, I did not this time. Yes, 2005. A movie that is, in theory, like a lot of horror movies are, based on true events, which is a very suspect <laughs> sentence to put at the beginning, considering they still say that the Amityville horror is based on a true story, which the people who faked the Amityville horror came out years ago and said they faked the Amityville horror. So... But they're still using it. They're still, they still call the Texas Chainsaw Massacre based on a true story, even though it's absolutely not. <laughs> it's an amalgam well, of Ed Gein and Wayne Gacy think, and a couple other things smashed together, but it didn't actually happen. I think the key word there is based on. Based on a true story. So you can take the story and just completely change everything about it and be like, hey, there were some people that drove across Australia. That really happened. Everything else we made up. Well, there were so. there was there was a string of backpacker murders. People from all over sort of the world, Germany and England and Australia, um, who disappeared in Australia, and their bodies were found in this state park, and they eventually wound up catching a guy named Ivan Millet. I think it's pronounced. This was between 1989 and 1993, so a very different time frame than the movie. Well, maybe not. I guess we don't know when the movie is set. It's kind of nebulous, but yeah. They believe he killed way more than seven, but seven's the one that they seven's the number they could actually pin on him. He went to jail. He died in prison in 2019. But the details of this are very, very different. 
the the only person who escaped from him like in this movie they say that like oh this guy who escaped from him like was a suspect for a while but then they figured out it wasn't him that didn't happen the it was there was one guy he tried to capture and he like got away and told the police like hey that guy tried to capture me <laughs> that guy tried to kidnap me and you know that helped lead to his getting arrested but he was never right. suspected he was by himself he was never suspected of killing girls he was with so things are very different and i have a, i have a a weird feeling inside about movies like this that are based on true things where i don't it, it, how exploitive is it exploitative that you're making a horror movie like this about in theory about people that were actually killed by a real person not only a movie right. but a sequel another sequel is coming and a television show all based on this real thing that happened all starring the same guy as the killer right they do it i mean they've had multiple movies about like ed gein and uh, there's a few john wayne gacy movies out there so they're definitely cashing in on people being murdered yeah but those are more like a, a biopic where it's like they probably use the real names of his victims and the real until like the actual at least closer to the actual story but this would be like if you made a movie about ed gein where he never got caught <laughs> and then he went to las vegas and killed a bunch more people like i don't know <laughs> i don't know it feels kind of strange to me well they did they did make an ed gein movie and kane hotter played ed gein um, that one is kind of odd because if you know anything about ed gein he was a small little old guy Kane Hodder is not small or old. No, Kane but... Hodder should Kane Hodder should play John Wayne Gacy. Right, but he played Ed Gein. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, it it was a weird movie. It was I don't know how much of it was real, you know, how much of it was made up or whatever, but it's out there. But one thing I find interesting about movies like this, when they say it's based on true story or actual facts, how do they know? How do they know what happened to these people before they died because they're not there to tell their story? Well, yeah, there's that too because they barely had enough on this guy to put him in jail. He never confessed to anything on his deathbed in prison. He was still saying he didn't do it. So, you know, who knows? <laughs> but or stuff like yeah. The Conjuring, the con, you know, oh, The Conjuring is based on true events. No, The Conjuring is based on cases that the Warrens, you know, wrote about and went and investigated, but like the conjuring the my, one of my favorite things is the conjuring 2 this movie where they're they're in there man and they're dealing with the thing in the real life events that happened to the conjuring 2 they just showed up at that family's house and they were like we don't need you bye go away please <laughs> and they kept like in, trying to insert themselves in this thing it, and then it never happened like it happened in the movie so true events who knows yeah but didn't uh didn't i hear somewhere that the warrens basically admitted that it was all a lie like everything that they said was they just pretty much just made it all up. I don't know that they ever admitted something like that. And I don't know that they ever were purposefully like I don't I don't know that they were ever like purposely hoaxing people, but they definitely played up their own involvement in things that they weren't as involved in as they, the movies make it look like. So Got it. I don't know. I haven't done a ton of research on them, but Yeah, I I haven't seen any of the movies except for the Amityville horror. That's the only thing related to them. All the new stuff, like The Conjuring and all that. Honestly, to me, those movies looked kind of boring. But maybe uh, for um, you know future episodes of Maniacs, maybe we can do those. And um, maybe I'll be uh, pleasantly surprised. Maybe they won't be boring. I do know I've heard that they rely a lot on loud noises for their scares. They just uh, random loud noises, which to me would get annoying. 
you know, yeah, it's they're, like, they're, ah, yeah. pretty jump scare heavy, uh, for sure. Yeah. Well, Wolf Creek is directed by a fellow named Greg McLean, who, yeah, also directed Wolf Creek, Wolf Creek 2. He directed uh, that Australian, the giant alligator movie, Rogue. I suppose it would be a crocodile. And he directed The Belco Experiment, which is a pretty good movie. So this guy's, you know, a decent director. Australian directors seem to be. Australia has made, you know, a number of good yeah. filmmakers, it feels like. Yeah, the the directing is fine on this movie. I think the overall story is a bit slow. It's a slow burn, for sure. <laughs> it, it It is almost exactly halfway through the movie before something happens. Before, yeah, before the... In, slowly impending sense of doom actually becomes real doom <laughs> yes yes because i hit the pause button to check the time on the movie and i think it was like 51 minutes in with 52 minutes remaining or something like that so it was almost exactly halfway through the movie and i'm like that that's 51 minutes that didn't need to be there i don't need to see 51 minutes of people driving and talking well i suppose the idea is to build up you know the character development and stuff but they're I don't know that it does. I mean, they seem like pleasant people that I'd like to hang out with. None of them are assholes, you know, which is a change. Usually there's one asshole in the group, but... I don't know the the guy, uh, what's his name, Ben? Yes. I didn't really like him. I don't know, it was something about him from the very get-go. When they first showed him, something about him just rubbed me the wrong way. He just kind of annoyed the shit out of me through the whole movie. Hmm. And so he was the one that I was like, you know, please kill this guy already. Please <laughs> kill this guy already. And then... No, guess what? They didn't. He's the final girl. He gets to live. Yeah. I mean, by the end, he, he wasn't so bad. But in the beginning, like when he was looking to buy the car, he just kind of came off a little prickish to me, just the way he carried himself. And then when they cut to the party and he jumps on the picnic table and dives into the pool, and it was like he was kind of obnoxious. But then he kind of chilled out a little bit once they got to the car scenes. I think most of the time in the car, he was sleeping. Or playing guitar. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. they're young, you know, they're young kids that do dumb stuff, like drive across Australia by themselves to go across the desert where there's no towns to go see a, I, uh, this has to, I mean, they filmed it, so it has to be a real place, this Wolf Creek crater where a meteorite hit is their goal, or I guess it's a stop along the way, they're going to Cairns or somewhere, but yeah, our first yeah. scene, we see this guy, Ben, he's buying a uh, a car that they're specifically i don't know if none of them already own a car or they don't want to use their cars but he's buying a car just so he and these two girls can take this road trip and it seems like they don't know each other the girls know each other really well well how they right, met right. him what they how they know him whatever but the one girl kind of has a crush on him you know it's liz and christy so he picks them up he says he got it for 1500 bucks it doesn't look like you know but he's like hey for that price we're lucky it runs at all so we'll take what we can get yeah except it doesn't First scene, we see him buying the car. Second scene, we see somebody's trying to fix the car. Well, yeah, that's true. The guy's, yeah, which is kind of a funny scene where the guy's just, yep, yep. I think he's, yeah, trying to get the engine yeah. to go. There's a going away party, and they all get a little drunk. Christy and Ben wake up in bed together, but like sleeping head to toe. So the, the assumption is nothing happened. They just passed out, you know, in proximity to each other. Yeah. Uh, because Liz is the one who likes him and she wakes up on the beach with like three randos there's all like wrapped up in a blanket like that's just where they all passed out and she looks at yeah. them like who the hell is this and gets up and goes for a swim in the ocean yeah the only thing is is that when christy wakes up she acts kind of i don't want to use suspicious i'm not she kind of acts like something might have happened the way she's kind of sneaking out of the room and trying not to wake him up 
So I didn't, I wasn't sure if that was like something happened between them and she was feeling guilty about it or if she just didn't want to wake him up because she was acting kind of guilty. Like, oh no, you know, my friend likes this guy and I may, maybe she didn't know. Maybe she, you know, being drunk, maybe she was like, I don't know if we slept together. I'm not sure. I think it's just an awkward situation because she doesn't, she doesn't have pants on, but she does have her shirt still on. Which I guess, I mean, I guess you could have sex that way. But just the fact that they're sleeping, they go out of their way to show them sleeping head to toe tells me, you know, I think she was just trying to creep out without making it into a thing. Where if he woke up, they'd be like, hey, did we sleep together? And she's like, no, no, no. You know, and then they have to have a conversation about whether they had sex or not. So I think she was just trying to exit stage left as gracefully as possible. Maybe if the camera had panned a little to the right, we would have seen the Kama Sutra sitting on the nightstand. <laughs> could be. <laughs> They didn't have, you, you can't be messing with that when you're drunk. You're going to lose your place. You can't. Yeah, That's not for drunk sex. That's for regular. Uh, so they, their first stop, once they get going, is at this RV park. And they kind of just make camp there. And uh, we get our first hint of... Because there's kind of two red herrings. And if you come into this movie not knowing anything about it, which is kind of what I did. I didn't look yeah. up the real crime stuff until afterwards. And you don't know, like, you know it's a horror movie, so you know something eventually should happen to these people, but you don't know exactly what is the deal. So there's kind of two red herrings set up, and the first one is UFOs, possibly, <laughs> because Ben's telling this, this story about, oh, I know this guy, he was out driving in the desert not too far from here, and he saw a light that was like 10 feet off the ground, higher than a car should be, and then it shot up into the sky, so they're laying the seeds of, like, I don't know, is this a UFO movie? Maybe. Because <laughs> all right. you get at the beginning is like 30,000 people disappear every year in Australia. 90% 90, 90 of them are found within a month. The rest are never seen again or something. So it could be aliens. We don't know. Right. And they stop in a little town called Emu Creek for gas. Christy and Ben have a conversation while Liz is off of the bathroom or whatever or talking, playing with a dog or something where she's like, look, you guys like each other. Like, I can tell. I know she likes you. I know you like her. And nowhere in this conversation, she's like, I know something happened with between us, but forget that. Like, so that also tells me, like, you know. And she's like, just go for it, man. Like, when we get where we're going, I'll find a hot guy for myself and everything will be fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Just, right. you know, make your move, man, because she's waiting. And then we get our other red herring because they go into, like, the bar or whatever to get a drink. And there's this table full of burly old assholes, <laughs> like, real, like, Australian desert men or something, you know, tough guys yeah. who start immediately talking about I mean, essentially gang raping Liz. Like, no, I mean, no two ways about it. They're joking about like, you know, ooh, what would she be like? She could she could handle all of us and all this shit. And she's right. ignoring it. Ben, not so much. And good on Ben because you shouldn't stand for that. If you see other men misbehaving, don't let it slide. Well, to be fair, they specifically call Ben over to the table. And tell and him too. they're gonna they're gonna gangbang his girlfriends, his female friends, not girlfriends, but and that's what sets him off because they flat out tell him they they plan on gangbanging those two girls, and he tries to play it cool, but he calls the guy something I don't remember he what word he used like asshole or something like that as he's walking away, and then that sets off the uh, very attractive Australian gentleman, <laughs> a big mustache cat, he got missing teeth and. Yeah, he's like, what do you say? And then Ben's like, oh, I said you have a lovely smile or something. And as they're leaving, and they've narrowly avoided a fist fight. Right. You can see the guy watching them leave like, oh, you'll get yours. And that's 
the other red herring of like, oh, is that what's going to happen? They're going to get out in the desert and these fucking guys are going to chase them down and like, you know. Yeah. No, that's not what happens, but they're, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, so it could be. Might, might have made for a better movie if that's what would have happened. I think it might have been a little bit more exciting if a, all those guys showed up and they were being chased by all those guys rather than what we get, which is ultimately a lot of nothing. I mean, some stuff happens, but it's a lot like a lot of just people being distraught. The girls are distraught. Everybody's distraught. And, and I would have rather had it be the three of them being chased by these angry. I don't know what you want to call them. Angry, drunk locals. Yeah, I, I see your point, but I, I kind of I like the way that it sets up your expectations and then defies them because the thing that winds up actually being the danger doesn't seem like a danger at first. Like, those guys are obviously a trouble. And if, right. there's, if there's UFOs in here, that's a problem too. But, you know, when we first meet Mick, whatever his name is, Mick Jones, or um, he seems like a super nice guy and everything seems yeah. fine until suddenly it's not, <laughs> you know? And so that lulling you into a false sense of security... I kind of dig that, it did, but right. it does it does take a long time to get there. But also, they set him up to be a bit too goofy in the beginning. So then, when the everything flips, it was hard for me to get past the goofy guy character. I didn't really get. I didn't. I wasn't that scared of him when he started to act scary, because I was still seeing that goofy guy that was joking and goofing around with him. At, you know, in the beginning when they first met him, when he was offering to fix their car and everything. Yeah, I assume I think, that's him putting up a false, you know, he's not actually like that. He's just acting that way to lure them in, kind of. But maybe, yeah. he went, maybe he went a little too hard at it. But they get to Wolf Creek Crater, which is cool looking. There's that, and say we want, there's a lot of, I guess there's a lot of driving, but because of that, we get to see a lot of beautiful landscapes and skies and, you know, Australia. As much as it's a big desert, <laughs> there's a lot of beautiful things to see. And they definitely right. capture all that on film. So it's, it's a nice movie to look at uh, for most of it. But when they get to Wolf Creek, they leave the car unattended and sort of hike up to where the crater is. And it shouldn't have done that, <laughs> it turns out. Nope. That's, that's going to be a real problem. But uh, it's pouring rain there, but it's fine. Ben and Liz kiss. They kind of go off by themselves and have, have a moment. It's nothing too crazy. It's just like a little, like, let's get this out of the way kind of, and they kiss and laugh about it. And then, so it's brewing. Things are going to happen, but they're not, you know, they're not going crazy and banging up against a rock or something. Like it's, you know, it's kind of sweet. It's kind of endearing, we, endears we, you to them that they're not, you know. And we don't get a bloody murder two moment. <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> There's no, uh, shower scenes or anything crazy like that yeah there's no weird standing behind her rubbing her <laughs> no awkwardly this is a a classy movie sort of yes <laughs> well up until the rape threats start yeah which is it's it's been a it's been a real thing the movies i've had on this show of rape is a it comes up so many times on the movie on this show because of the movies that i've had to watch Kudos to this movie that we never actually have to watch. There's never, there's no actual rape in this movie, but the threat of rape, the right, threat right. of sexual violence, is permeating the air <laughs> at all times, almost. Um, yeah, in yeah. a way that's he not definitely either. But he definitely indicated his intent with his actions, were showing that he definitely had the intention, but it didn't get there. Yeah, it's his mo. But we never, yeah, they don't make us actually watch it. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Wolf Creek. I'm pretty tired of seeing that. So. To get back to the car, it is dead. It won't start. 
And also, and here's a weird part of the kind of the red herring thing, their watches have also stopped. Now I assume that's a natural, I didn't look it up, I should have, but I assume that maybe there's a natural sort of magnetism or something in this crater that in real life makes your watches stop if you go there. But they don't know that. So they're like, that's fucking, that's wild. Why have our watches stopped? And it, But in your head, you're like, oh, is this UFO shit? Right. Because that's UFO shit, right? Right. But they're, they can't get their car started. And they're sitting there. They, they, this is pre-cell phones, I guess. So yeah, it probably maybe this is 85 to 93 or whatever that time frame was. But the sun's going down, so they're just kind of huddled in the car and like, okay, we'll wait for daylight, and then we'll figure something. Somebody will come along. Like we're not, we can we can see the road from like they're not they're parked right kind of by the road, so it's dark, and they do see a light coming, and I don't know what that is they're seeing, but Ben's looking is like that's not a car, that's not a truck, and so for a second we're like, oh shit, this is a UFO, like it's a UFO movie, a UFO is coming right. to get them because that's what they think for a hot second. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, okay, now we're going. I think it was just uh, the story he told, the fact that they were at this crater, and then the stopping of the watches just had them paranoid. So when they saw the headlights approaching, their minds were like playing tricks on them. I think they, I mean, obviously we know because we've watched the movie, it just turns out to be headlights. But I think they were just so freaked out by everything that was going on. Like the car won't start, our watches have stopped. We're at this crater. He told us the story about this guy that was all this stuff came together. And so in their minds, they were like, oh, shit, it's a UFO. They've come to grab us. Yeah. So we have a second to kind of be like, oh, that's I guess that's what the movie is. UFOs. But it's not. Yeah, it's a truck that pulls up. And it's this guy, Mick, who and here's what I like about this character. It's very much an Australian filmmaker going, hey, Americans, I know the only thing you know about Australia is from fucking Crocodile Dundee. But let me tell right. you, if you ever actually met someone like Crocodile Dundee, he wouldn't be a charming, funny guy that you'd want to hang out with. He would be a terrifying lunatic, right. which is what this guy turns out to be. And what if you met Crocodile Dundee in real life, you'd be like, that guy's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, Get away from that guy. He's nuts. Yeah. To the point that we actually get a straight up Crocodile Dundee reference later, which is... I would say it's funny, but it's at like an incredibly dark and violent moment. So it's not, it winds up not being funny, but it's still a little, it's still a little humorous. It it adds a little bit of humor into that very dark scene because you can't not find it humorous when he's like, that's not a knife. This is a knife. Cause it's like, okay, I think don't they, uh, when they first meet him, I think they make a reference to crocodile Dundee, don't they? Yeah. I ben ben like, mentions it when they're sitting around the fire and he's like, wow, you're like a regular crocodile Dundee, you know? Yeah, and so later when he references, like, oh, it's like your friend Ben said, that's not a knife. This is nice. So it's a callback to that, but it's yeah. also kind of a shout out to the audience of like, see, this is what it would be like if you met that guy. <laughs> Bad news. <Right. laughs> you don't want to hear that sentence in real life. It's terrifying. Oh, Mick Taylor, that's his name, not Mick Jones. Mick Taylor. He won't give them a ride because they're going north and he's going south. But what he will do right. is tow their car with them in it to his place and he has the parts laying around and he'll fix it for him and there's a lot of you know at first they're kind of hesitant about him but he seems jovial and nice to the point that ben's like i don't know like how much would it the girls kind of just want to ride how much is it to fix this and he's like i'm not going to charge you like we're we're not in the big city that we're like friendly out here yeah so you get lulled you and them get suckered into this like oh all right he's just a good dude it's fine and they get to his sort of camp which is like this big abandoned i don't know if it used to be like a a mine or what but some kind of outpost and he tells them like oh yeah there's hundreds of places like this there's one that covers like 
<laughs> an entire state almost of just these abandoned towns where just shit dried up and everybody left. And there's just abandoned yeah, towns yeah. just sitting around the desert in Australia that nobody comes to. And this is one of them, which maybe should have been a red flag <laughs> that he lives here. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to mention the fact that I thought it was kind of odd that his towing of their vehicle was basically him tying a rope to the bumper of his car and their car and just pulling them behind. Yeah, he didn't have oh. a, tow tr a tow truck per se. <laughs> and they indicated that this this uh, journey lasted like hours. It wasn't 20 minutes up the road because they were in that car being pulled behind that truck by a rope for a hell of a long time. And so it's like this guy really wanted to get these people to this place that he drug them behind his truck for two, three hours with a rope. Yeah, which maybe should have been another warning, but <laughs> they're committed now, so... Yeah, uh, but they get to where he's staying. He gives them, he gives them all water. He's got this big jug of water, which you don't even think about, because of course you'd give him water, but uh, it becomes important. <laughs> and then yeah. he, they're sitting around the campfire. They're all joking around, you know. And he starts telling them these horrifically violent stories from when he like, oh, when I came out of the war, I was like this expert sniper, and so they hired me to fly around in a helicopter and shoot when there were too many kangaroos or too many water buffalo, whatever it was. You know, and I'd fly around and shoot them. And they're like, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they start to... Ben's really kind of trying to get under this guy's skin a little bit. Like, he's being sarcastic and being jokey. And the girls pull Ben aside and they're like... Or Liz especially is like, he's being nice to us. He towed us over here. He's going to fix our... Can you not piss this guy off, please? Yeah. And Ben's like, yeah, but look at him. He's easy to make fun of. But he shouldn't have. Yeah. I should. I think he did piss him off, didn't he? Because... Mick gets up and goes over and starts working on the car. And then one of the girls goes over and is kind of trying to talk to him a little bit, asking if he needs any help. I think kind of trying to cool him down a little bit. Yeah, there comes a moment where I wondered, again, not knowing, not having seen this before, not knowing much about it. Um, yeah, they're sitting around the fire and every Mick's smiling and joking and happy. And Ben does say something to him where he kind of looks at him. The smile goes away and he looks at him in a way and I'm like, oh shit, is this where it pops off? Is he, is he just going to stand up and shove a knife through this guy's face? Like, is it, is it go time right now? But it wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he, I don't remember what he said, but he said something to Ben because they all get real tense and then he laughs it off and he goes, oh, I'm just joking. Yeah. So yeah, he gave the first indication that he was not as happy and friendly as they originally thought he was. Yeah, behind the facade is a <laughs> a caged animal waiting to escape. Right. But yeah, they're just sitting around the fire, and he's working on the car, and he's like, oh, I'll come get you when it's done. And then we cut to, it's morning, they've all fallen asleep, and Liz is, we don't we, we don't see any of what happened, which is kind of cool that it, it discombobulates us in the same way it did her, because a second ago, everybody's around the fire and everything was fine. Now she wakes up bound and gagged in like a shed, and it's daylight. Right. And you don't know what happened. <laughs> like, we fell asleep, and while we were sleeping, he dragged us off to separate, you know. Which, she frees right. herself pretty quickly, so he's not very good at tying people up. <laughs> but, and she's going to, well, she's kind of wandering around the place looking for, she sees the fires out, and, like, he's thrown some of their stuff in the fire and burned, like, their sleeping bags and cooler and stuff. And then she hears Christy screaming, so she follows the screams to this other sort of bigger, like, a garage, and is looking through the slats or whatever and can see that christy is tied up already bleeding from like the nose where she obviously got punched her clothes are very bedraggled is yeah. that a word bedraggled maybe <laughs> and yeah she's screaming her head off she's tied to a tied standing up to a pole mick comes in with a rifle and makes like he i don't 
I couldn't tell. I don't think he actually shot her in the scene because he's like making like he's going to shoot her. And then he's like, oh, I'm just it doesn't work with the same with the bolt open or whatever. And then he closes it and he takes a shot. But I think it's just to scare her because I don't think she actually has a gunshot wound anywhere. Um, I don't I don't remember. I don't think she does get shot, but I mean, if it maybe? did, it must have just winged her in somewhere or something because it doesn't seem to affect her very much. But it certainly scares her, which is probably what he was doing. So I'm guessing he shot like off to the side or something just to intimidate her. But he comes yeah. over and he's, yeah, he's pawing at her and grabbing her and he's telling her, you know, promise, you know, oh, don't worry. I always use a condom with you guys because I don't know where you've been. It's like, oh, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's kind of rubbing his crotch in the very disturbing that scene is is very uncomfortable. Yes, because he's which, he's clearly, be. yeah, he's clearly indicating his intentions, which, like we said before, luckily he doesn't go through with it because everything gets all, his plans get all fucked up. But we know that he has done this before because he's like, we'll see how long you last. That one lasted for like three weeks or something or whatever he says, and points and over on the wall there is a woman's torso, like a heavily rotting woman's torso with definite parts missing just like yeah. hanging up on the wall yeah so he's kept as a souvenir so this dude is fucked up <laughs> very liz is uh liz is a smart one. well she has moments of dumbness coming up but to start with she's pretty smart because rather than just like running in there or running away and leaving her friend she goes and starts their car on fire so when it like booms Mick's like, what the fuck? And he runs out to see what's going on. And he's kind of, it's kind of funny because he's like mad at himself. He's like, I knew I shouldn't have left it so close to the fire. I wanted now their car's burning up. Like he's like, he's blaming himself for their car burning up. And while he's distracted, Liz runs in and is going to untie Christy. And she's like, you know, where's Ben? Have you seen Ben? She's like, no, I have no idea where he's at. Doesn't get to actually untie. And she has to kind of hide again because he comes in too soon. But while he's yeah. distracted talking to Christy and now he's telling, you know, he's complaining to her like, no, nah, your fucking car burned up. And now I got to deal with that, you know, like he's he's what he's been inconvenienced now, this poor guy. Right. But while he's not looking, Liz picks up his rifle and is pointing it at him. just like, you know, cut her loose, let her go. And she winds up. Well, he's like charges at her and she shoots him in the neck and he falls down bleeding with like blood spurting out of his neck. And you're like, oh. Shit, okay. I guess I guess the movie's over. She goes and gets Christy loose and they head outside, they get into Mick's truck, and I think at this point they're like, Hey, Ben's on his own. <laughs> we gotta get the fuck out of here. Right. But then Liz I don't know if this is dumb or smart given the situation, but Liz is like, No, hang on, stay here in the truck. I gotta I gotta go get that gun. So she goes back to isn't that what it is or something? She's going back yeah, she's going back to get because she kinda after she shot him and he's laying there, she's like hit him in the back and the head with the butt of the no, rifle. She, she hit him in the back because I remember thinking, why wouldn't she like hit him, whack him in the head like multiple times? I mean, or shoot him again. If you're, <laughs> yeah, if you're in this situation and you shoot or somehow manage to knock the person down, don't stop hitting, kicking, stomping, shooting, whatever, until you know there's no way they're still alive. But instead, she just gives him a couple of ginger taps on the back with the gun and then drops the gun. Yep. If Scream taught us anything, it's always shoot him in the head. Exactly. And um, 
Yeah, she goes, she goes back to get the gun. You suspect, oh, here's where he's going to jump up and grab her, but he doesn't. So you're still thinking, oh, maybe he's actually like dead. But they get back out to the truck and then he appears like the garage door opens or whatever. Or yeah, he's like in the doorway. He's got a shotgun now and he blows their windshield out. And she does another smart thing, which is dry, just try to run him over. <laughs> She's like, fuck this. Right. Guns it through the garage. He jumps out of the way. But they kind of mess. Then they pull the truck out and they're going. But the truck's somehow in there between the shotgun and the driving through the building. The truck got fucked up or something because they get stuck. They don't get too far. Right. Well, he shoots twice. Because I know he shoots the one time. She tries to run him over. He gets out of the way. And then I think he pops up and takes a second shot. Because I know there's two shots at the truck. And then I think doesn't he shoot the tire or something? Yeah, the tire or the engine. He did, he does something that incapacitates the truck to where they don't get too far away and they're kind of stuck. And Liz has another smart idea, which is like it's dark out now, so I don't I don't know how. So maybe she woke up at like dusk or something because it's already dark again, and she woke up and it was bright out. But she's like, all he'll be able to see is the headlights. So we're gonna push this truck into this like ravine or whatever and he'll think we fell off a cliff and he'll stop looking for us so they do that they push the truck in and then they kind of hide they see him drive up and kind of look around and not see them and then kind of give up and go back so they've made it kind of but liz being a i guess brave and good person is like no i have to go back and find ben like we can't leave ben there so right. she kind of stashes Christy and is like, stay here and wait. If I'm not back by such and such time or, you know, if I'm not back in an hour or whatever, the road's that way. Just run to the road and find help. So she goes back. She's kind of, there's no sign of Mick. Who knows where he went? She's kind of walking around the place, investigating. She winds up falling through a hole into a corpse pit that shows us that he's been doing this a lot and for a while. Right. Because she falls through this in this hole, and there's there's full on skeletons of people who've been there for a long time, but then there's also like just like half rotted, more recent people with maggots all over them. So yeah, he has a death hole that he's just pouring bodies into. Right, which means by now he should have been able to tie somebody up in a manner where they couldn't have escaped. Well, yeah, you think <laughs> <laughs> he's had a lot of practice. But he's probably it could be that he's gotten he's done it so many times and gotten so good at it that he got complacent and lazy, and they they managed to get the drop on him you know maybe or maybe she just was like the smartest person he's ever captured oh, could be so she crawls out of this icky hole a little traumatized and then comes across what i can only call an evidence room where he has set up all you would need to know to put this man in prison he has mementos from he has newspaper clippings about people who have disappeared he has mementos and anybody who had like uh like a camcorder or a video camera he's got that and she starts watching so she watches footage of this other family that he that was like a mom dad and a kid that he captured when you see just them like meeting you know but then she also yeah. sees because earlier we didn't mention it because it kind of didn't matter until now but ben had a camcorder for a while and was recording stuff and she finds their camera and is watching it and she sees in the background of the shot we saw earlier when they were at the emu creek or whatever and ben was like doing a selfie video behind him in the background and we didn't notice it the first time because we weren't looking for it is mick's truck so he right. he's been following them for a while he didn't just happen upon them he and but you also see when she watches the video of this family that was the same circumstances they came back to their car and it was dead because mick had followed them and pulled you know messed with their engine so their car was stalled right he sees them giving them this family the water which he's obviously drugged that's his thing 
that's what made everybody pass out. So she sees like his entire ammo and like, oh, he did the, where he's done this to everybody. But most importantly, yeah, just that it wasn't he just happened across them. He had been stalking them and following them all day because he's the great white hunter, right? Yep. And he's killed enough animals that it's not good enough anymore. So now he has to hunt people, I guess. She still hasn't found Ben, but she does find another car, and she has this key ring that she got off of Mick that has all these keys on it, so she's like, oh, maybe this one will work in the car. She gets in it, and wouldn't you know it, Mick's in the back seat and stabs yeah. her, which is a nice little surprise, because I, I didn't see that coming, because <laughs> it's been so long, it's been five, almost ten minutes of her wandering around looking and not seeing this guy, and then boof, there he is. So she gets, so she gets out of the car, she's bleeding, she's crawling away, and... Yeah, she pulls out a little, like, Swiss Army knife, and he says, yeah. that's not a knife. Like your friend Ben said, that's not a knife. This is a knife, which he thinks is really funny, and cuts her fingers off. Like, it's so brutal and so fast. Like, she's holding the knife out, and he just, woof, and her fingers all fall on the floor. Yep. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah, well, I don't even know. What, what did she think she was going to do with that knife, which had the tiniest blade I've ever seen? And a corkscrew and a toothpick, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, she's fighting to the end. She's not going to go quietly and give up, which, I mean, good for her. But we've been led to believe this whole time that she's, like, she's our final girl, right? Like, she's the cool one. She's the tough one. She's the smart one. Nope, because he, she's, you know, she's kicking at him and stuff. And he's like, all right, if you're not going to settle down, I'm going to have to do a thing I learned about that the Vietnam Vietnamese used to do, which was when they wanted to capture someone to question them, but they were tired of them trying to run away and fight. Uh, they did what was called hen on a stick. And what you do is you stab someone in the spine so that they're just paralyzed from the neck down, but they're still alive and you can talk to them, which yeah, is what yeah. he does to her. And it's not this movie, other than a couple moments, like when Ben's, Ben's escape, it's not a terribly gory movie, but it's a very violent movie. Like it's brutal shit that's happening. You just don't see a ton of, you know, there's not a lot of blood flying around or, you know, but him holding her close and jab stabbing her in the back with this knife and twisting it yeah and just the implications the thought of like oh now she's just like he said he's that's how he sees her she's just head on a stick so she's going to be alive and awake for whatever he does to her she just can't literally can't do anything about it that's yeah well when, when he stabs her when he stabs her into the back we see her and she's kind of gasping and and panting and you can just she does a good job of giving you the, the feeling that she has become paralyzed and she's in pain and unable to move. And obviously at this point, she's kind of just accepted the fact that it's the end for her. Well, not it's that, that the end would be merciful, <laughs> you know, if he was about to kill her, that would be something. But she knows that she has days or weeks of whatever the hell he wants to do to her ahead of her. And there's right. nothing she can do about it. And that is awful like what a oh that's a disturbing disturbing idea and that's the last we see her we don't see her again we cut back to christy who is realizing okay liz is not coming back so it's time to run for the road which she does she's running down the road she's covered in blood still this nice couple sees her and stops and picks her up and they haven't even gotten back in the car yet <laughs> when the guy, it's like an older couple. The guy's going to close the tailgate and just you hear, Foof! and then there's blood on the back window because Mick, using his famed sniper skills, has sniped this dude from <laughs> half a mile away. 
yep. and then kills the lady. Like he's just he's good he's good he's good at this part anyway. So yeah. Christy gets behind the wheel, takes off driving. We get a bit of a Mad Max, you know, which is I mean, that's the most Australian movie, right? Is Mad Max? It feels it feels very Mad Max inspired. This kind of this car chase through the desert, and the way it's filmed and stuff inspired, you know. And Mick tries to like run her off the road. And she kind of runs him off the road. And she has a really good laugh. It's the second time she does that. I forgot to mention when she's tied up and she's been screaming. We've been listening to her scream for like four minutes straight. Just inconsolable. You can't understand the word she's saying because she's just screaming. Right. When he was telling her all the stuff she's going to do. But when Liz pulls the gun on him, she starts laughing in his face in a way that I found really entertaining. (laughs) Like, it's this real deep, like, belly, like, oh, you're going to get it. Now, you know, know, like... I don't know, it's good. All the the acting is all, all the performances in this are, are good, I felt like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely, they played the parts well. I just feel, like I said, a lot of the writing left a lot to be desired just because it felt like it drug out way too long before the action started to kick in. But it was nothing against the actors. The actors all did great with what they were given. And in the second half of the movie, they really get to shine because it's nonstop you know, terror, insanity, screaming, crying, yelling. I mean, they they definitely make you feel something when you're watching this movie. For sure. But she does that laugh again here when she run, when she winds up running him off the road into the ditch. And she laughs about it. And just, I don't know, I find it endlessly entertaining that she is managing to laugh in this these moments of terror that she, like, can't help it. But, so she thinks she's got away again, but he stands up from his car in the ditch with the sniper rifle sets his aim real slow takes his time and she takes her tire out so she flies off and flips over into the the ditch further down the road so that he can just leisurely drive over to where she is she's gotten out of the car she's even more hurt and bloody now and i guess he's done messing around because he just walks up to her and just shoots her from like i don't know 20 feet away just just shoots her and that's it like he's done she's caused enough trouble now he throws her in the trunk and when he does we can see there is some guy some guy's body in the trunk because that's definitely a man's like arm like a hairy arm so he's got he's got bodies in the trunk he's got bodies in a hole he's got bodies in his this guy's got bodies everywhere yeah real willy-nilly it's amazing he never got caught or he doesn't get caught for two more movies in the tv show but yeah well he lives out in the middle of nowhere i don't think anybody anybody other than his victims even know he's there but i would this guy is a, such a character you would think that i mean unless he has buddies or mums the word around town or you know around the towns but you would think if you went somewhere and you'd be like do any, does anybody know like a crazy guy who's super good with a sniper rifle they'd be like oh yeah i know that guy of course he's <laughs> a maniac yeah but re- remember when we first meet him He's happy, jovial, friendly guy. So everybody around town probably knows that Mick. They don't even know that he does this sniper rifling and all that shit. Yeah, so they're absolutely. like, yeah, do you know somebody who would kill people? And they're like, no, it definitely wouldn't be Mick. Mick's the, the greatest guy ever. So I'm sure he probably doesn't go into town a whole lot. He probably just, when he needs groceries and shit, I think he kind of keeps to himself with his uh, friends, quote unquote friends <laughs> that he collect. keeps around. Sure. Yeah, he's something else. Yeah, then we finally see what's going on with Ben. He has been nailed to a wall <laughs> for Jesus Christ style. And he yeah. has to this is kind of the goriest part of the movie, and it's not it's not the most brutally violent, I think, but it's like maybe the like the grossest, quote unquote. 
So he has to pull his arm off of this nail. So we have to watch all that. And he gets loose. There's another, it's hard to tell if it's a guy or a girl, but there's another body sort of strung up with wires in the room that he's in. So he knows this is a bad situation. He does not uh, look for the girls. <laughs> that At least not that we see. We, he just trucks it out of there, which, I mean, I get it. Maybe he, I don't know. But, well, there's also a dog. There's like a there's like a mean dog in a cage in this room too that's supposed to be like guarding him, but he gets away from that. So we and we hadn't seen that dog before, so we don't know what the deal. Maybe in the sequel, I don't know. We don't know. It's just mixed dog, I guess. But it's like half a man. It's hanging in the room. It's like just his torso with no legs and stuff. But he escapes. He runs into the desert. Then there's a solar eclipse, which doesn't seem. I don't know. They take a while showing us that, and I don't know what the importance of that was really. I guess, I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's visually interesting, I guess, but it doesn't really add anything. Yeah, it's it's not like the movie needed to be longer. It's got a pretty good runtime. I mean, it, it they could have left a few scenes out and the movie would have been fine. So I don't know why they felt the need to have that other than just visually appealing. Like, look, this is a cool shot of a solar eclipse. Let's watch it together. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you were, I mean, they happen to be filming when one happens, so they're like, fuck it, let's catch it on film. You don't catch that in film every day, so. Yeah, it's possible. But, so you're kind of, we see a lot of him walking through the desert and falling down and getting back up, and so we're expecting, like, any second, Nick's going to pull up and, you know, because that's what he does. But, no, he, this, like, German, this young German couple in, like, a hippie van <laughs> finds him and they take him to the hospital, and we see him getting hauled off by the life flight helicopter or whatever, so he has gotten away. And then a thing comes up, like type comes up at the end saying that like, oh, he was, he was under suspicion for like four months or whatever, but they figured out it wasn't him. They never found the girls and this guy has never been caught, which it also is not true. (laughs) I mean, the true life story, he was caught, but we have sequels to do. So yeah. And that's it. That's Wolf Creek. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. It, it ended up, it ended up being pretty good. I wasn't so sure going in. For, like I said, the first half of the movie was kind of dragging on. And I found myself wondering when anything was going to happen. But then once it started to pick up and, you know, the crazy mix showed up, uh, the second half of the movie was entertaining. I enjoyed the second half. Um, Honestly, if you watch this movie, you could just like fast forward the first 50 minutes, start right there and get still get the story. Because the first half of the movie doesn't really do a lot of character development. It's just, hey, there's three people and they're hanging out in a car and this girl likes this guy and that's all you need to know. Yeah, if you want to get right into the horror and, yeah. Well, I had a question. I feel like it I feel like it walks up to, I think in the hands of a lesser filmmaker, like let's say a Rob Zombie. <laughs> this would have, like this movie kind of walks right up to a line and toes it where it's like, oh, that's disgusting, that's disturbing and horrifying, but it never, you know, especially with the rape stuff. And a lot of the gore stuff, and it never cry like tiptoes you right up to it to where you're really dreading what you're gonna, what's going to happen next, but never actually you know never crosses that line. And I I respect that restraint. Whereas right. someone like a Rob Zombie or you know would have jumped over that line and turned around and pissed on it, and like you know would have been oh, yeah. would have taken it so it, much further to a place that you don't need it to go. So oh yeah, it would have just been nonstop gore. And many, 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 many unnecessary scenes of his wife doing her best to act. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah. I, I, honestly, we wouldn't be reviewing it right now because I wouldn't have even watched it. 
Oh, is that is that a hard and fast rule we're gonna have going forward on the uh, Midwest Movie <laughs> Maniacs? No Rob Zombie. I can I appreciate. Mean, I appreciate that. It it's uh it's not a written in stone rule, but I'm but I'm making it a written in pencil rule. Sure. That I don't want to do Rob Zombie movies. I don't, uh, because I don't I either. Can tell so you, we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you right now. Before any of them come out, I don't like them. I haven't liked anything he's done so far. He's going to have to do something really impressive to change my mind. And I don't see it happening. Yeah, I liked the first two-thirds of Lords of Salem. That's the only one where I was like, oh, this is like an actual movie that's not like edgelord Rob Zombie bullshit. Like, there's a, this is actually a movie that's like telling a story, and then the last third just turns into the same old edgelord Rob Zombie bullshit and ruined it. But he almost made yeah. a good movie. Almost. <laughs> yeah. And she wasn't even bad. Uh, Sherry Zombie wasn't even that bad like she was okay she was all right in that one so i was like okay i can get behind this but then he flushed down the toilet all right no more about zombie talk you had a, you said you had a question what was your question my question is and you won't have the answer to this because you're not australian but maybe somebody who is australian can let me know is every town in australia named something creek because <laughs> it's wolf creek and then they stop at emu creek and i'm like is everything just something creek when they pass a number of road signs of other towns that's like something else creek last yeah. gas for 50 miles or something like that so yeah i don't get it what's with all the creek town names australia well we'll see if uh yeah we'll see if wolf creek 2 uh expands on the uh, geography of australia for us which seems like a perfect segue to tell people right now that if you want to hear us talk more about uh australian serial killer mick taylor you can follow us over to next week's episode of Midwest Movie Maniacs where we will be talking about Wolf Creek 2. And that's what we call synergy. Exactly. Because, uh, yeah, my first episode, our first episode of uh, Midwest Movie Mid, excuse me, Midwest Movie Maniacs, or we'll just call it M3. How about that? M3, M3. will be uh, dropping the same day as this, so when you get done listening to this, follow us on over there. And, uh, yeah listen to bloody murder 2 and then next week we'll do wolf creek 2 and then who knows what we're doing in the future yeah and uh midwest movie maniac should be available at your favorite podcasting location because i did my best to get it out there everywhere but um if you have a place where you prefer to listen to podcasts and you don't find it there get a hold of me or heath and he can let me know and i'll do my best to get it there because i want everybody to have access to the show well, I know it's on Spotify for sure, and it's on Anchor because that's where it's uh, yeah, it's on at. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Amazon, um, shit, I don't even know. Everywhere that I could find where I could put it up, I put it up. So it should be out there. And then, as far as uh, socials for for yourself or uh, M three, if you want to drop those people can go check those out too okay well i don't i have personal uh, social media but i'm literally never on it i'm always on the maniac stuff so if you want to contact me do it through that and that would be uh instagram and twitter are both um at maniacs pod facebook is midwest movie maniacs gmail uh, midwest movie maniacs at gmail.com and if you have slasher uh, we're on there as midwest movie maniacs and i think that's about covers it like I said, if you want to get a hold of me, 
just do it through any of those social media accounts because my personal accounts, I couldn't tell you the last time I logged in other than to post a referral link for something. So, yeah, that's my uh, new home away from home. So follow me over there if you care to. It is that time of the episode where I press the magic button to see what next week's movie, chosen completely at random for everything streaming, shall be. Pressing the magic button right now. Next week's movie is <clears throat> Yellow Brick Road. All one word. It is on Amazon Prime. Looks like a horror movie. I've had quite a run of horror lately. I guess I did the weird Christian documentary last episode. But yeah, Yellow Brick Road from 2010. 2010. Yellow, yeah, it's all one word. Yellow Brick Road. Hmm. I wonder, is it the horror movie based off of The Wizard of Oz in some way? I mean, at the very least, I would imagine it's referencing <laughs> The Wizard of Oz at the very least. I guess I'll find out when I watch it. I mean, no, I not seen it. it could be interesting if it's like a horror twist on the Wizard of Oz story. That could be interesting. Well, if I, well I can read the description here. I usually don't, but I can. Um, in the fall of 1940, the entire population of Fryer, New Hampshire, walked together up a winding mountain trail and into the wilderness. Without warning, they left behind everything, their homes, their clothes, and their money. The only clue where they went was a single word etched into stone near the forest edge, Yellow Brick Road. And then I think it looks like it's like now there's like a modern crew of filmmakers or something is following them, you know, to see what happened. And now they're caught. I don't think it's found footage, though. No, it doesn't look like it. But that's everyone's homework. Should you choose to accept it for next week? Yellow Brick Road on Amazon Prime. So I think uh, I'm going to let you watch that movie and I'll just listen to your next sure. episode because uh, I don't want to go down that Yellow Brick Road myself. Fair enough. I am at Heath Lambert 78 on Twitter the show is that's so random p2 the show has an email address as well that's so random pod at gmail.com Art, artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter go check out all his other stuff he's great oh, I'm on slasher as well which and I shouldn't it's that's a random something <laughs> I mean it's only that's so random on there I'm sure so you could find it any final thoughts before we say goodbye no, uh, uh, this was fun, but we've already done the Maniacs episode that's also dropping today, so I'm not shocked that we had fun doing this, because we had fun doing that, and I'm looking forward to doing Wolf Creek 2, at least talking about it. I don't know if I'm looking forward to watching it, but we'll find out on the next episode of Midwest Movie Maniacs. Good luck with that Yellow Brick Road movie. Thank you, sir. And uh, I... Have been listening to your old episodes, and I will continue listening to your new episodes. So I'm going to be getting a whole lot of you between working with you and listening to this show. Yeah, you're going to get tired of me real fucking fast. <laughs> I don't know. I've had a couple people tell me that my voice is my voice. <laughs> my voice is soothing, and they listen to the podcast to help them go to sleep, which half sounds like an insult, like you're really boring. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I know what they mean. I don't know. I don't particularly think my voice is soothing, but to each their own, I, I guess. I think I think they call that a backhanded compliment. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, six of one, half dozen the other. So <laughs> I'll tell you what I can get, I guess. That'll do it for me this week on behalf of myself and Damien. We will see you here next week and over on uh, Midwest Movie Maniacs if you so choose. Check that out, too. It's, it's going to be a lot like this, only worse movies probably <laughs> a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah, most of them. Some good ones, though. We'll do some good ones. So that'll do it for this week. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>